I do not, as a general rule, ever just decide I'm going to preach on this, that, or the other thing. I always do my best to try to get sense from the Lord. Lord, what do you want to say? Because these are God's people. These are God's words. God knows the hearts of the people. God has a word that he wants to communicate to them. And I am just an instrument through which he's going to do that. Hi, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 232. I'm your host, Mike Neglia, and the voice that you just heard is that of Brian Broderson. Brian currently serves as the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. He has been a role model and a friend to me for many years, and I love hearing him talk about the guidance and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I can say that this is something that Brian really models in his life and also through his preaching. So there, I think there's no one better to listen to when it comes to the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our sermon preparation and delivery. We want to be honoring to God. We want to be proclaiming Christ, and we also want to be yielded to the leading of the Spirit. This was recorded at a training event that took place at Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa. And we're putting on another one in Boise, Idaho. Later on this year, October 14th and 15th. If you want to come along and be trained and be coached and listen to sessions like this, which are immediately followed up by Q&A panels and by small group coachings, well then check out expositorscollective.com. There's more details there. There's an early bird registration price right now about this upcoming learning opportunity. Who can you send? Who can you bring? Who can you invest in to help raise up the next generation of Christ-centered expositors? So hopefully, I would love to see you in October. And otherwise, I'm going to get out of your way and you can hear Brian Brodison speak about the guidance and leading of the Holy Spirit in our sermon preparation and delivery. morning. Everybody doing well? You guys make it through the night with your assignment? Anybody get any sleep? <laughs> Yesterday was just tremendous. I absolutely enjoyed every session. Great to meet some of you. So as, as each person was sharing yesterday in the module, is that what it, it's called when they do their thing? Um, so as, as each person was sharing, there was an assumption that they were sharing from. And it's that assumption that I want to specifically 
look at this morning. The assumption is that we are not doing this on our own. We are doing what we are doing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know somebody asked that question yesterday. I remember hearing that after many different things had been said. One of you said, well, hey, where does the where does the power of the Spirit come in? So that's our focus. Preaching is not an end in and of itself. Uh, it rather is a means to the greater end of knowing, loving, worshiping, and serving God. So when we're, when we're preaching, we have an objective. It's not just to get up and give a good message. It's not just to feel good about ourselves when we step down because, all right, you know, I knocked it out of the park or, you know, at least I didn't strike out. But, but we have an objective. So biblical preaching, and when I say biblical preaching, what I'm referring to is preaching the way it is defined and modeled in the Bible is God's word spoken by God's servants through God's spirit in God's power. So that, that's biblical preaching. God's word spoken by God's servants through God's spirit in God's power. This is what Paul was referring to when he said things like this. He said, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit's power that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He said that, of course, to the Corinthians. To the Thessalonians, he said something that was similar. He said, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. So the thing that we can never lose sight of is we are doing something that is unique. There's nothing like this, really. There's, there's nothing else like this in all the world. Um, maybe some of you read the book um, by Malcolm Gladwell that came out some years ago called uh, Outliers. If you read that book, you'll know that Malcolm Gladwell there, he, he talks about uh, people who became experts in various fields and he said that in, in whatever area a person seeks expertise, you're going to have to invest about 10,000 hours before you can consider yourself or be considered as an expert. And, you know, he gives all kinds of examples of, of different people who have done these different types of things. Uh, he even talks about the Beatles, you know, how they probably will go down in history, Lennon and McCartney as the, the greatest songwriting team of all time. And, and, but, but he, you know, it appeared like the Beatles just sort of showed up on the scene out of nowhere, but he goes back into the history and shows that, no, these guys have been doing this for years. They, they put thousands of hours in 
before they stepped onto uh, the public stage. So I've, I've thought about that. 10,000 hours, you become an expert. And, and as I thought about that, I actually sat down one time and I kind of tried to calculate how many hours I have invested in preaching over the past 40 years. And I've definitely put in 10,000 hours. But here's the difference. I'm no expert. And I am as dependent on the intervention of the Spirit today as I was the, the very first time I ever preached. Now, of course, you grow and you learn and you, you develop your craft because preaching is it's a combination of God using a human being that he's gifted, but then he's coming alongside that gifting that we cultivate and, and he's adding to that. But seriously, to this very moment, as I'm stepping up to preach in any context, I am not thinking about, hey, I put in my 10,000 hours, I got this down, I am an expert. I'm thinking, Lord, please help me. Lord, please show up. Lord, please give me that thing that unless I have that thing, my mic that just went off. That's what happens when you get up without the power of the Spirit. <laughs> Just suddenly, there's no power. Thank you guys for redeeming that. So as was quoted yesterday, I think Tim quoted Lloyd-Jones, Martin Lloyd-Jones. He said, preaching is theology coming through a man who is on fire, preaching is logic on fire. So logic is the human element. Fire is the divine element. So from Paul's words to the Corinthians, I, I want us to see this. From Paul's words to the Corinthians, we see that it is possible to preach with persuasive words of human wisdom, but not in the power of the Spirit. And so we don't want to do that. Now, some people are going to be able to do that more easily than others because some people have the natural equipment to be able to do it. I was gifted with very little natural ability. So I can find it quite easy to depend on the Spirit of God because I don't have much else to lean into. But, but there are people who are very gifted naturally. I mean, they, they just, speaking comes naturally to them. Clarity of thought, clarity of speech, the, the ability to passionately communicate, all of that, for some people, it just comes, it, it's just, it's in their DNA. And because that's the case, there, there is the greater possibility that you would lean more into your own natural giftings than you would be inclined to lean hard into the Spirit. So we have to recognize that that is a possibility. Uh, again, Lloyd-Jones, I'm going to quote Lloyd-Jones three times today. He said this, he said, you can have knowledge 
and you can be meticulous in your preparation, but without the unction, that's an old word for the anointing, without the unction of the Holy Spirit, you will have no power and your preaching will not be effective. So here's a question. How do we assure that our preaching will be in the power of the Spirit? Number one, this, what I'm talking about here is really a disposition. It, it is a bent, it is a leaning into God. It, it is an attitude of dependence on the Spirit. So, you know, in some ways it's even hard to describe it. But it is that, that sense that, that I'm going to lean into the Lord for this. And in a second, I'll, I'll kind of show us some practical ways to do that. But number one, it is a, disposi a dis disposition. Uh, secondly, we can assure that we are preaching in the power of the Spirit if we live with the awareness of our own weakness. A consciousness of our own weakness. Just, just an underlying knowledge that this is something I can't do on my own. So Paul said, again, to the Corinthians. And remember the, the Corinthian context. So Paul is in the epicenter of philosophy. He's in the epicenter of rhetoric. Uh, the pe people all around Paul are, they are amazing speakers. They are eloquent. They are uh, intelligent. They can captivate an audience, take any topic and just talk about it. And and they can capture an audience. Maybe you've heard people like that. It doesn't even matter what they're saying, just the way they say it. Like, wow, I'm impressed. That was the, that was the context that Paul was in, in Corinth. But he says, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And then he would later say, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. So again, the question, how do we assure that we are preaching in the power of the Spirit? We, we have a disposition toward that. We're leaning into the Lord. We're recognizing our own weakness. And then thirdly, we are preaching the Word. We're preaching the Word. There will be, and it's been alluded to already, a few times, there will be many temptations along the way to move from preaching the word, to move away from preaching the word, to preaching something else. Politics, nationalism, social justice, prosperity, personal success, and happiness, and the list goes on. People will often find... You can find this all around us today. People will often find a biblical text from which to springboard into their pet doctrine or into the thing that they're really passionate about. Uh, 
You know, this is, this is why it, sometimes it's a bit confusing. Because, you know, somebody's preaching and they're, they're passionate about it. They're fired up. And they even have a, a biblical text. They opened the Bible and read a verse. And then they went off on that into their topic. And that, that's, a, that's a real danger, and it's real subtle. And that's why when we talk about exposition, as we've been saying, we are, we are not um, reading stuff into the text. We are drawing out of the text. That, that's, our, that's our job. So this kind of preaching, this, this springboarding off Scripture is not preaching the word as Paul demonstrated for us. And the Holy Spirit ultimately does not honor that sort of thing with his power. Now, again, there might very well be a power of persuasion, personality, passion, articulation, much perspiration, but it won't be the power of the Spirit. So the Spirit honors the preaching of the word, taking the biblical text and bringing out its meaning for all to see, understand, and apply. That's what the Spirit honors. So, the process. First of all, the process of preparing to preach, and then we'll look finally at preaching itself. So, so the process, and again, let me emphasize this. As, as we think about the process, because it's a process, right? We, we go through a process before we end up, before a congregation. We go through a process. The process must begin with the consciousness of this supernatural element to what we're doing. We cannot lose sight of that. We are, we are doing something that is not natural. There, there's obviously a natural element to it. But ultimately, it's supernatural. And, and we've got to think that way. We've got to remember. When, when I approach the Word of God, I am not approaching it merely from the human standpoint. I am approaching it with the consciousness of, okay, Lord, you are in this whole mix here. And so direct me. So conscious of the supernatural element, and therefore we pray for the Lord's leading on what to preach. I do not, as a general rule, ever just decide I'm going to preach on this, that, or the other thing. I always do my best to try to get sense from the Lord. Lord, what do you want to say? Because these are God's people. These are God's words. God knows the hearts of the people. God has a word that he wants to communicate to them, and I am just an instrument through which he's going to do that. So my process, whether it's deciding what book of the Bible I might teach in the future, or whether it's deciding the, uh, the, the text for a particular Sunday, 
or the main point in the text for the particular Sunday, I am looking for the leading of the Spirit in all of those things. I'm trying to get a sense from the Lord. And sometimes I get it early on. Sometimes I get it before I even dive deep into my preparation. I just kind of get a sense like, okay, this is where we're going. Other times I do not get that sense until I am literally standing in the pulpit. I've got all my preparation before me and I'm still like, I'm not quite sure where we're going with this. (laughs) But, But Lord, unless you show up, we're all in trouble. So please show up. So pray for the Lord's leading on what to preach and then seek the Lord's assistance even in the preparation of your message. So you see what I'm saying? It just, you know, remember this is all, this is a God thing. Just bring God into every part of it. Just bring him in and find, Lord, please, let's, let's do this together. So, Now, moving from preparation to preaching, just take the same dependency you've had through the whole process into the pulpit with you. You don't stop depending on the Lord once you get your outline all down. It's then that, okay. I mean, for me, it's just, it's words on paper, or in my case, it's words on my iPad screen. But, these words need to have life breathed into them. And so, Lord, with that same dependency that I had this week as I was seeking you about this text, here I am depending on you once again to help me deliver it. Remember that you are, listen, you are the mouthpiece of God. That's a radical idea. We speak for God. You are the mouthpiece of God. And this is what scripture says. If anyone speaks, let them speak as the oracle of God or as the mouthpiece of God. So what does this look like? Well, let me just describe it. It, It's being open to going off script. So anybody who knows my preaching, knows that, you know, I generally I have an outline. I give it to my team every Sunday. And, um, and, and basically, I'm going to follow that outline through my entire message. But there's going to be all kinds of diversions and deviations that happen. And I preach now two Sunday messages. I used to preach three for many, many years. Um, It was always essentially the same message coming from the same text with the same outline, but it was always diverse. Because, again, that's the the working of the Spirit. You know, the amazing thing about the ministry of the Holy Spirit is you can step into a room full of dozens of people or hundreds of people or thousands of people, and you don't, I mean, you might know five people and and the details of their life, right? How how are you going to, impact or minister to all of these people. You're not going to without the assistance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows everybody. He knows exactly what they're going through. And you will find yourself, and see, this is why we need to be open to going off script, because you will find yourself being led off 
into these things that you didn't plan to even speak about, but somebody's there. God knows they need to hear this, and so he's going to lead you off on a rabbit trail. Now, here's the important thing, and God does do this, so we need to remember this. God will lead you back off the rabbit trail onto the main path. (laughs) Some people go off on the rabbit trail and never come back. That's not good. That's not helpful. So be open to going off script. Don't be afraid to go places you hadn't prepared to go. The Spirit will often send us off on diversions, but will also bring us back to the main road. Be cautiously spontaneous. And I say cautiously spontaneous because there are times when we can be spontaneous and we're kind of going beyond what the Spirit is actually leading us to do. And, and I've learned this over the years. Over the years, you know, there, there were times when I would just be spontaneous and I would go off on something and then I end up saying something totally stupid and regret it. You know, nowadays I might even start to go there and then I'm like, oh, we're not going there. Let's, let's pull it back in. But we need to be spontaneous, but cautiously. So you'll find over time... Those spontaneous diversions are more often than not prophetic words that go straight to the heart of the hearers who then receive the word, not as a human word, but as it is in truth, the word of God that works effectively in those who believe. There's nothing more satisfying to me than to have given a message and to have somebody come up and say, man, that spoke right to my situation. And anybody who's preached for a while, we've all had these experiences, right? I mean, you have somebody come to church and say, I, I've had this, literally. I've had men come to church and say, so my wife came and talked to you, right? She told you about me. I knew she was doing that. And you're like, sir, I don't know your wife. I don't know you. But brother, if the shoe fits, wear it. Man, God's speaking to you. What was happening was God was speaking to you. You know, I've had times where people will come and say, last night we were up till midnight. We were in a group. We were discussing this. We were asking these questions. And we came today and you answered every single one of them. And more often than not, the answer came in a spontaneous moment when I went somewhere that I wasn't actually even planning to go. So this is the prophetic element. So I'm going to finish with uh, a quote from John Wesley. I think I've probably run out of time already, but they did say that I could have as much time as I needed because I am the oldest person speaking at the Expositors (laughs) Collective. So listen to this. This is, again, a quote from uh, MLJ, Martin Lloyd-Jones. He said this. He's, He's making a contrast. He says, John Wesley was the most typical Englishman conceivable, pedantic, precise, and exact. He had an excellent academic career at Oxford as a student, then later as a professor as a fellow at Oxford. He said this, he was exacting in his exegesis 
precise in his speech, but was a failure as a preacher and began to think he shouldn't preach. Then he had an experience of his heart being strangely warmed, which soon led to a new power in preaching. And then he said this. He said, seek this power. Expect this power. Yearn for this power. And when the power comes, yield to him. Do not resist. Forget all about your sermon if necessary. Let him loose you. Let him manifest his power in you and through you. I am certain, says Lloyd-Jones, that nothing but a return of this power of the Spirit on our preaching is going to avail us anything. This unction, this anointing is the supreme thing. Seek it until you have it. Be content with nothing less. Wow, yeah. But listen, Lloyd-Jones preached at a certain period in history. He came from a certain tradition. He was in a certain cultural context. And everything he says here, I agree 100% with, but we have to take it contextually. Lest we get the wrong idea that somehow you have to become like he is describing and like he would experience in order to be really preaching. So I appreciate and concur with Lloyd-Jones' desire, his, Lloyd-Jones' desire to be consciously empowered by the Spirit while preaching. I do think, though, what he calls for here is a bit too subjective, If you read Lloyd-Jones, if you know about him, I mean, he wrote the book Preaching and Preachers, which is one of the greatest preaching books of all time. But when you read it, you realize that so much of it is born out of his experience, his personality type. So he talks about John Wesley as being the the most, you know, just the the classic Englishman. Lloyd-Jones is a classic Welshman. And where the English are known for being staid and stuffy, the Welsh are known for being exuberant and passionate. And so I think sometimes he blurred the line between personality and empowering, not intentionally, but I think he did. So we we have to look at these things and we have to take them and say yes, but then we have to put them in the proper context. So we all should long to be carried away by the Spirit in our preaching, but we must remember that even if we don't feel some great anointing, because that's what he's saying, we've got to strive to feel this. Even if we don't feel some great anointing, God is still at work by his Spirit through his Word. So the real key, in my opinion, is a conscious dependency on the Holy Spirit, acknowledging that apart from him, we can do nothing of any eternal value. And if you've done that, when you step into the pulpit, whether you experience some great sense. Now, anybody who's preached, we all know what it's like to be carried away by the Spirit. We want to have that experience every single time. I love those times when it's like 
my, I'm not even there. I'm just being carried away by the Spirit. I can't say the wrong thing. It's, it's, it's the Spirit of God. But I also know times when I can't say the right thing. And I wish with everything in me that I would have stayed in bed this morning and let somebody else preach. Because it just feels like it's dead. But guess what? It's not. It's not. Because it's not you or how you feel at the end of the day. It's the power of God, the Spirit of God, through the Word of God. So let's, let's long for those senses of that anointing, absolutely. But it's more than a feeling. It's an act of dependency. So we preach in the power of the Spirit by depending on the Spirit. Amen? All right. God bless. Well, thank you so much. Thanks to Brian and thanks to you for listening all the way to the end. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I wish I could have been in the room for that. Well, your chance is coming up. Remember, our next in-person training event is taking place in Boise, Idaho, October 14th and 15th. You can find out some more details as well as the early bird registration price that's available at expositorscollective.com. I hope to see you there. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I post daily encouraging quotes about the importance and value of biblical preaching. And until next Tuesday, I hope that this episode and all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and public proclamation of God's Word.